Thank you for tuning in to Conroe United Pentecostal Church today. We pray that this podcast is a blessing to you. If there is ever anything we can do for you, please email admin at conroeupc.org. Amen. In Jesus' name. You may be seated this evening. Amen. I feel the presence of the Lord here. Amen. Look at your neighbor and smile at him and say, it's good to see you. Oh, some of you need to wake up. Say, it's good to see you. Amen. Some of you guys are thinking it's good to be sitting down and relaxing right now. Last week we began a three-part series called Hope for the Holidays. This week is obviously part number two of that. Last week we talked about how God works in messy situations. And basically the thought was formed and framed out of the messiness of a stable, a barn, God chose to come to us and just like he worked in that messy situation he's he's, today he is still working in messy situations so today I want to continue kind of theming the series around the Christmas story but I want to move beyond the Christmas story and hopefully the Holy Ghost I believe the Holy Ghost is going to minister to us here tonight Luke chapter 1 verses 26 through 28 there are no screens tonight we had a little malfunction with them this afternoon with them not communicating but they will be working by Sunday so if you have your phone or maybe you have a Bible iPad whatever you have Luke chapter 1 verses 26 through 28 tonight I'll be reading from the New King James Version now in the sixth month the angel Gabriel was sent by God to a city of Galilee named Nazareth to a virgin betrothed to a man whose name was Joseph of the house of David. The virgin's name was Mary, and having come in, the angel said to her, Rejoice, highly favored one, the Lord is with you. Blessed are you among women. If you skip down to, or the next verse rather, to verse 29, goes on to say, But when she saw him, she was troubled. So she had just encountered an angel. Mary had just encountered an angel. He had called her blessed and and, and highly favored. And upon hearing of the blessings and the favor of God, she became troubled in her heart. She was troubled at his saying and considered what manner of greeting this was. Probably because she knew if an angel was coming to me, he's not just coming to tell me that I am blessed and highly favored. She considered what manner of greeting was this. Then the angel said to her, do not be afraid, Mary. For you have found favor with God. So again, he says, don't be afraid. You found favor with God. And behold, you will conceive in your womb and bring forth a son and shall call his name Jesus. Now, we like to get all happy about this. But obviously, Mary was already very troubled. So I don't think her initial reaction to this was yippee ki cat. I don't think I, I don't think she was jumping up and down. I don't think she was clicking her heels together. I don't think she was as excited as we are today because we have the luxury of history and hindsight to where we can see the whole story and all the trouble that she went through and all of that uh, a circumstance and how it worked out for not only her good but for our good thanks to the blood of Jesus Christ. Jesus wasn't born in a wealthy family. I think we can kind of surmise that just because we know that he was born in a stable. He was essentially, he was born, couldn't even be in a hospital, couldn't be, you know, he couldn't enjoy the luxuries of that day and time of birth. He was born 
in a cave. So it's, it's obvious that there was not a lot of money involved in the family, the earthly family in which he was born to. There was no powerful connections. There was no wealth. Uh, the situation was awkward at best. Imagine in today's day and age, if someone gets pregnant out of wedlock, there is a certain amount of embarrassment or shame, or there is a certain amount of timidity um, uh, 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 during the beginning process of that pregnancy of how are we going to tell our family? How are we going to tell mom? What, what's dad going to think? What's my cousins? What's my brothers? Uh, how is everyone going to think about this? Uh, so there was that. So we have this little scenario that we face in 2019. But in that culture, all that many years ago, it was even a harder thing to get through. And in fact, it was illegal. Jesus' earthly parents were only, te- uh, uh, it was a teenage girl, and uh, her, her, her betrothed husband, or fiancé, if you will, Joseph, was middle class at best, and uh, probably was probably closer to lower class. His birth was controversial and brought a stigma of shame, as I've already mentioned. Mary had to walk through a very, very shameful uh, pregnancy, and it was less than ideal, but I'm thankful that in that less than ideal circumstance, God still worked, amen? And that gives me hope today that in our less than ideal circumstances in 2019, God is still working. Sometimes God allows us to go through less than ideal circumstances so that he can reveal his glory in us and through us. And that's what I want to talk about tonight, how God works with, he, he, he works in us through trouble and God allows us uh, to go through trouble so that his will can be fulfilled in our life. The, cur- uh, the first Christmas season, I'm sure it wasn't filled with shopping malls and Christmas carts and uh, Cyber Monday and Amazon packages being dropped off at the house every day. I feel like I know my UPS man. I, 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 I almost feel like I should get him something for Christmas uh, for all the things that my wife has him bring to my... At, this, at some point, I'm going to have to start tipping the guy or, 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 or leaving a box of cookies and some milk at the door or something. I mean, it, 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 I, but I don't think that very first Christmas was kind of... I don't think it was like our Christmases that we experience today. Why? Because Mary, while while she had the promise of God, uh, that God was birthing his son, God robed in flesh, Christ Jesus in her and through her, I think that there was a lot of apprehension that she had to face because she knew that it would be a troublesome situation not not just to her, she had the favor of God. The angel had, had, had prophesied favor to her, had spoken favor and blessing over her life. But sometimes when God speaks favor and blessings on our life, the people around us don't understand the favor and blessing of God that we have on our life. And sometimes, sometimes the favor of God does not look like the favor of God. Sometimes the blessings of God looks far far, far from a blessing. So tonight I want to ask you if God can trust you in times of trouble and also if you can trust God in times of trouble. If you can trust God in times of trouble. Amen. Not all trouble comes from God. Uh, I think a lot of times we blame a lot of our trouble on the devil. Oh, the devil made me do it. Or, oh, the devil did this in my life. And I do believe that sometimes there are forces of darkness that that are at war. I definitely believe in spiritual warfare. 
But tonight I want, to, I, I, I want to talk about one type of trouble, and that's the trouble that God allows us to go through, the trouble that God takes us to, or rather the trouble that he brings to us. But tonight I do want to identify three kinds of trouble. Sometimes we find ourselves in trouble because of our own doing. Have you ever found yourself there? You just made a mistake and you were embarrassed, or maybe even today you are still living in the consequences of trouble that you brought upon yourself. Sometimes we find ourselves in trouble because of the natural highs and lows of life, the ebb and flow of life. There are uh, seasons of life. Sometimes it's a good season, sometimes it's a bad season. But sometimes we find ourselves in trouble because God allows us to go through trouble. God allows us to go through trouble. And you might be saying, well, that doesn't make sense. We serve a good God. We serve a loving God whose thoughts toward us are, are, are nothing but good. But Job 42, 11 says this, Then all his brothers, all his sisters, and all those who had been his acquaintances before came to him and ate food with him in his house, and they consoled him and comforted Job for all the adversity that the Lord had brought upon him. Sometimes, sometimes we blame everything on the devil, or we blame everything on the natural highs and lows of life that I just talked about. But there is adversity in our life that God brings upon us. And he does not bring adversity upon us to hurt us or to cast judgment on us, even though I do believe that he is a God of judgment. But he brings adversity to us so that we can grow through it, but also so that, uh, 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 that his will can be done on earth uh, and, and people around us can see uh, that when they go through adversity, they can respond as we as believers should respond. We should turn to God in our time of trouble. Job lost his health. He lost his wealth. He lost his children. He lost everything that was near and dear to him. Have you ever felt like you lost everything that was near and dear to you? I mean, that's why you listen to country music, right? And, 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 and sometimes, uh, sometimes you go get the old tape deck and you get your George Strait and you put it on and you just rewind it so that you can pretend that everything is going right in your life. We all, we all go through seasons like this, but the reality is, is God allowed adversity to come to Job, and he allowed trouble to come to Mary as well. And tonight I want to use these two, uh, these two individuals, and hopefully I can intertwine their lives and overlap their lives, uh, because we can relate to the adversity and the embarrassment and the shame that Mary felt. Uh, but Mary had the comfort of staying close to Jesus. Why? Because Jesus uh, was her son. Jesus was of her flesh. Uh, Jesus came from her body, thanks to the Holy Ghost. Amen. And we understand how all this works. We understand that there is not three gods. There is only one God. But the angel said, this baby shall be born of the Holy Spirit. Amen. So we understand how all of this works. But oftentimes, we see trouble as Job saw trouble. We don't see trouble as Mary saw trouble. We see trouble as Job saw trouble. That I'm losing everything. And I know there was a God, but I cannot see this God that I serve. Amen. Luke chapter 1 verses 28 says, Rejoice, highly favored one. The Lord is with you. Blessed are you among women. I, I just have this slight, I, I just have this slight feeling that Mary did not feel blessed. She did not feel highly favored walking through the trouble that she had to walk through, not just through the pregnancy of carrying Jesus, but also the events that followed in her life after Jesus' birth. Luke 
1.31, you will conceive in your womb and bring forth a son. What a privilege and what a blessing it was for Mary to conceive the Christ child. I mean, it was indeed a blessing, but it came with a lot of struggles. And so tonight, for just, uh, for, for just a couple seconds, I want to take a little rabbit trail because every good preacher likes the rabbit trail, and I want, to, I, I want to talk about the timeline of favor and blessing, because there was a timeline that Mary had to her favor and to her blessing. When the word comes, we rejoice. Uh, when the word comes that God's going to bring blessing to our life, what do we do? We get excited. Thank God, the man of God gave me a word, or I had a dream, I had a vision. God impressed this to me, that uh, by this day, such and such is going to happen. Uh, and we rejoice, and we promise, uh, 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 we rejoice over the promises of God but when the process begins the second step to our blessing when the process begins we quickly begin to doubt and question the word of the Lord in our life maybe I'm the only one here tonight that has walked through seasons of doubt and seasons of questioning even though I knew that my steps were ordered of the Lord there's people in the room tonight that's hanging on to a promise that your loved one will be saved but when you go home tonight you're going home to a circumstance that it seems like there's no way your loved one, your children, uh, your spouse will be saved. Uh, let me remind you tonight, uh, let, let, let me encourage you tonight uh, that you might be in the middle of the promise of God and the promise of God may have come to you, uh, but in this season where it seems like it's not possible, don't give up faith. Uh, don't give up hope. Uh, keep on trusting in God. It might be night right now. You might be confused right now, but don't lose hope. Uh, this holiday season, you have hope. And it's not because of what you get to feel, the warm and fuzzies of the materialistic side of Christmas. You have hope this, uh, this Christmas because you have a God in heaven who will never leave you and will never forsake you. You might feel confused. You might be doubting the process of God right now. But do not be weary in well-doing. Stand strong and trust God and believe that he will see you through. Come on. On this Wednesday night, why don't you just lift your hand and thank God. You might not feel like thanking him, but you ought to just obey scripture and say, in everything, give thanks, for this is the will of God and Christ Jesus concerning you. Thank you, Jesus. So when the process begins, we begin to doubt and we begin to question. And the third thing is, is when the process is fulfilled, we cling to the process. What did Mary do? She clung to that baby. That baby was precious to her. That baby was so precious to her that when Herod was trying to kill that baby, what did Mary and Joseph do? They ran to another country. She was clinging to that promise. She was clinging to that blessing. She was clinging to the favor of God in her life. And we ought to do that. We ought to cling to the promises of God but also when the promises of God come to pass, we ought not to be afraid and ashamed to say, look what the Lord has done. He's healed my body. He saved my soul. I mean, we live in a time where if you celebrate the good things in your life, you're criticized. You're, uh, uh, you're called a self-promoter and all this. And there is a bit of truth to that. We definitely have that in 2019. But still, we ought not to ever be ashamed of saying, thank you, God, for your blessings. Thank you, God. 
God. Thank you, God, for saving me. But we ought to also not be ashamed of the fact that God has blessed us with good jobs, that God has blessed us with good family, that God has blessed us with good friends. If God has blessed you with something, you ought to not be ashamed of it and afraid of it. You ought to also not be prideful of it. You ought to take account of the blessings of God and live an humble life, not not hiding the blessings of God, but also not elevating yourself, thinking that the blessings of God are really the fruit of your own labor. No, everything we have is on loan from God, but if he's blessed me, I'm going to stand here today and say, if he's blessed me, he can bless you too. Amen. Amen. Someone texted my dad and I today, and they told us that they got quite a big raise on their job, about a 20% increase uh, on, on, on their job. It's an incredible deal, and I have someone else, a friend of mine, that's going through struggles on, on, on their job. And so I texted them, and I said, hey, man, I just got this text, uh, and I just want you to know that if God can do it in my life, if God can do it in Conroe, he can do it to where you're at today. So if you are, if you are experiencing the blessings of God, uh, you ought to not just uh, squander them and not use them, but you ought to use the blessings of God and find somebody else uh, who's going through a trial and say, look, if God did it for me, he can do it for you. If God filled my loved one with the baptism of the Holy Ghost, he can fill your loved one with the Holy Ghost. If God, if God performed a miracle in my finances, he can do a miracle in your finances. Amen. So we cling to the blessings and the favor of God. Now sometimes favor and blessings of God, they bring forth reactions in us, but also in other people. So when everyone else sees the blessings of God in our life, sometimes they question and grow pessimistic that they weren't with you in the season of trouble. I'll say it like this. I've made it a point that when I hear another church is having a revival and they're growing exponentially, I don't cross my arms and say, well, they're compromising, they're doing something bad. Because even if they are, it's none of my business. I just say, thank God. If God can send revival to their church, he can send revival to our church. Because if God is blessing a church, uh, chances are that church went through a fire. Uh, that church went through trouble. Uh, that church went through heartache. Uh, and the blessings of God is always proportionate to the sacrifice uh, and the trouble that we go through. We can now take it from the church realm if you have someone in your life it might be your friend it might be your enemy that God is blessing don't sit there and be bitter and and, and just be pessimistic about what God is doing in their life because you weren't there in their season of sacrifice you weren't there in their season of sorrow you don't know what they gave to get to where they are at today that's why now I'm not saying this about me and my father, but I but I hear a lot of times about uh, people complaining about how their pastor might be living, and thankfully we don't have this problem here. Uh, and if we do, I haven't heard it, and don't let me hear it, Amen. But I hear a lot about uh, because I just want to think that we're all happy with each other. I want to think you're as happy with me as I am with you, Amen. But a lot of times you hear, well, the pastor's living like this, the pastor's living like that. Look at all the blessings they're having. Uh, yeah, it might be, but you weren't there when that pastor wasn't taking nothing for months and months and months uh, to make sure the bills of the church were paid, to make sure that everything was going on. Uh, we can take it away from the ministry. You weren't there when the uh, uh, when your boss uh, at work, uh, when he was the only employee, when he was gr- when he was gutting it out and he had more debt uh, than he had income, and now God's blessed his business. Uh, I never want to point fingers at the blessing of God. I, I never want to point fa- I, 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 I never want to point a pessimistic thought process towards something that God is blessing or allowing to happen. 
that's not what I've come to talk about tonight, but I just felt like that's good. I'll amen myself. I'll retweet myself on that one, somebody. I'll pat my own self on the back. Everyone else sees the blessing, but few understand the sacrifice and the trouble that it takes to achieve blessings or to achieve the favor of God. Because true favor only comes from submission, and submission requires sacrifice. Additionally, when you're living a blessed life, now now we've talked about you're living in the valley and somebody else is living on the mountaintop, but when you're living on the mountaintop, you learn who you can trust. Last week I talked about the importance of us running to people in trouble. But the reality is that sometimes we're not always in trouble. Sometimes we're on the mountaintop. And when we're on the mountaintop, we also need to realize who is around us in those seasons of blessings. God's ways are not our ways, church family. This is something that you know probably more than I know because many of you, the majority of you in this room are years down the road ahead of me in your walk with God, but also just in your natural life. God's ways are oftentimes confusing. Maybe I'm the only one that sometimes I'm just, I'm flat out perplexed. I'm bewildered. I, I just don't understand what the good Lord above is doing in my life. It just don't make a lick of sense. Just a, a good bit of Southeast Texas vernacular. Isaiah 55 and 8 and 9 says this, For my thoughts are not your thoughts, nor are your ways my ways, says the Lord. For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways. And my thoughts are higher than your thoughts. I'm thankful tonight that we serve a God that we don't always understand. I'm thankful now when God shuts doors in my life. I'm, oftentimes I'm not very thankful. But when that trial is over and I move beyond that trial. And I'm able to see the whole circumstance at large. I'm oftentimes grateful at the things that God did not allow to happen in my life. We sing a song around here. God blocked it. He did not let it be so and it was the Lord who blocked some things in our life I'm thankful I'm thankful sometimes that I'm confused now if I was confused tonight about some things in my life I wouldn't tell you I'm thankful I'd preach about just trusting in the Lord and 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 lean not on your own understanding and in all thy ways acknowledge the Lord so I'm, I'm preaching tonight because now tonight after church I might find myself in quite the situation and I'll just just, we just won't upload this to the podcast because I'll be in a different state of mind. God does things that are confusing, though, doesn't he? He just, he flat out does things that we don't like at times. How could the angel tell Mary that she has favor with God, but yet she would be pregnant out of wedlock? Isn't that confusing? I mean, I mean, just, just imagine, that, that's not... Uh, to me, that doesn't look like the favor of God. That looks like embarrassment. That looks like shame. That looks like all of these types of things. How could favor look like Mary having a baby in a barn? How could favor look like Mary and Joseph running for their lives, rather running for the life of that baby boy? How That doesn't look like favor and blessing. That looks like a bad day. That looks like a bad season. That looks like a that looks like a valley season. That doesn't look like a mountaintop season. But could it be that no matter where you find yourself, God's promises doesn't change in your life? So let me just encourage you tonight that, that you might be in the valley, but God's thoughts towards you have not changed. You are still his child. 
He still, he still shed his blood for you, even though you find yourself in the middle of a trial that is far, far, far from what you wish you were in. That's why we need to stay faithful. Look at your neighbor and just say, stay faithful. There you go. Stay faithful. Whisper it. So if you're going through a trial, you probably didn't say it loud. You whispered it. Stay faithful. When God's ways get confusing, we often want to change back to our plans. No, God, I was, I, 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 I was just playing when I told you, if you can use anything, Lord, you can use it. I was, just playing when, I was just playing when I told you I'd be a missionary to Africa. I was just playing, God. I was just playing. I take it all back. I take it all back. However, nothing of significance happens without withstanding storms and confusion. Nothing of significance in the kingdom of God ever happens without a storm coming into our life. That's why 1 Corinthians 14.33 says, For God is not the author of confusion, but of peace, as in all the churches of all the saints. So I'm taking this scripture out of context, but the principle of this scripture still stands true to what I'm teaching about tonight. God is not the author of of confusion if you find yourself confused uh, run back to jesus don't run to your own ways don't run to your own thoughts uh, but run back to jesus so nothing of significance of significance happens without withstanding a storm and confusion so let me ask you tonight can you withstand the situations that you don't understand in your life can you be faithful through the dark times don't answer it out loud because at times none of us can. I felt God. You felt God. I'll probably feel God again tomorrow, and you probably will feel him uh, uh, the day after that or, or next week. We all feel God. But it's important for us to stand. Just stand firm. Stand firm. Know that God fights our battles. Know that in our seasons of trouble, the battle is not ours to fight. The battle is God's. Why don't you just say that? It's not my battle. It's not my battle. It's God's battles to fight on my behalf. Matthew chapter 2, verses 13 and 14 says this. Now when they had departed, this is Mary and Joseph, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared unto Joseph in a dream. So when the wise men had departed, the angel of the Lord appeared to Joseph in a dream, a dream saying, Arise, take the young child and his mother, flee to Egypt, and stay there until I bring you word. For Herod will seek the young child to destroy him when he arose he took the young child and his mother by night and they fled they ran for their life scripture says departed but departed i mean anybody can depart you know you go to the airport and you can and, and, and you can depart but this was this they were running for their lives they they weren't taking all of their possessions with them they were taking the clothes on their back and they were fleeing but yet, trouble continued and continued and continued to come. Not only did Mary and Joseph have to deal with the embarrassment of an unexpected baby and, and have to tell people she was found with child of the Holy Spirit, that's what Matthew 1 and 18 says, they had to run for their lives. Then Mary and Joseph lost Jesus, and they didn't find him for three days. So now we're, Jesus is now, he's an adolescent. We've just moved forward several years in the story. 
and Mary had the, ha, had the fear of losing her baby. Yesterday, I had to run to Grammy and Popsy's house to get some stuff, and I, I just picked up the kids from school. Well, Presley didn't want to go with me because I guess he didn't want to see Grammy or, or, or Poppy. I don't know what was going on. I, 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 guess, I guess he wanted to see his mama more. So the school was right around the corner from our house. I had to pass my house to get to their houses. So I dropped Presley off. It was just me and Allie in the car. Being the great son I was, I didn't pull in my parents' uh, a driveway. I pulled up in my grandmother's driveway because that's where I, I was going. I wasn't even going to go in my parents' house because I'd already seen him yesterday at work. I was just running in and running out. I left Allie in the car. I said, baby, I'll just be a couple seconds. Uh, so I run in. I'm in Grammy's house for just a minute or two. I run back out. I put what I have I, I put down what I had to get in the passenger seat. I throw the car in reverse, and when I'm almost leaving my parents' subdivision, I turn around in my truck to talk to Allie because I thought she might have gone to sleep, and Allie was not in my truck. Now, I had a good idea of where Allie was, but that split second when Allie wasn't there when I was talking to her and she didn't answer, and then I look in the mirror and don't see her, so I said, well, maybe, she, maybe she's, uh, she's laying down or something. So I turn around, and there's no Allie in the back seat of my truck. Uh, there was a split second of panic. So I turned around, and, and, turn, and, and, and I reached for my phone to call Mom and Dad the crazy little girl, was, she, she got out of the truck with my phone. So then I was like, oh, Lord. So I turn around, I run back, to, I pull up once again in Grammy Popsy's driveway because I'd already seen him yesterday. And I, so um, the, the, it wasn't really because of that. The reality is it's a, it's a closer walk to mom and dad's front door if I park in my grandparents' driveway. So it was really me being lazy. So I open the door, and Allie's, ah, she's screaming and crying because she realized that my white truck had passed by, and Mom was holding her, and Dad just had a goofy grin on his face. And I went and got her, but I thought you'd come over here. <laughs> well, I didn't think that you'd kidnap my daughter either, Dad. So there was a split second of panic. I couldn't imagine. We've all, I'm sure you've all probably many of you have been left at church because mom and dad was talking and they thought you were in the car waiting on them or something and lo and behold you were under the pew asleep you know every family has had the second and it scared you but I'm unaware of anybody in my friend group here at the church or, 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 or in my peer group that has lost their child for three days you talk about, I, I wouldn't be calling the Popo. I'd be calling the Texas Rangers. Uh, I, I, I would be calling the operator of the switchboard at the White House. Uh, I would be calling every, I'd be, I'd be getting in touch with everybody I knew. Uh, I, I, I would call everyone that I knew. I, I, I would be Googling numbers to call. I would be calling people I didn't know I should be calling because there would be panic in my life. So could you imagine the three days? Mary and Joseph couldn't find Jesus. Could you imagine? So there's the shame or the trouble, the uncomfortable circumstance at best of carrying Jesus and everybody saying, ah, yeah, I don't think that. I, I think this might be a mess up and they're trying to blame this. Then there's running for their lives. There's another set of trouble, losing Jesus. Now it turns out he was in church. It's a good place to be lost, I'm guessing. And we can probably preach a whole message about that. But as if... That wasn't enough. Mary had to deal with the pain and embarrassment of Jesus being rejected later on in his ministry in his own hometown. She had to feel the embarrassment and the rejection of her friends, of her family, of her neighbors, not accepting the ministry of her son. You can read about that in Mark chapter 6. 
finally, I'm almost done tonight. What time is it? 8.15. Yeah, see, come January when pastor's back in the saddle on Wednesdays, you, you are going to be praying for me to come back and teach to you. <laughs> finally, Mary had to feel the pain of Jesus being rejected by his own disciples and turned on leading up to his crucifixion. And then she had to deal with the pain of hearing crucify him, crucify him, the trouble and the pain of the people who just a couple days before were crying, Hosanna, Hosanna, Hosanna. And then she had the pain of standing at the foot of the cross while her baby, while her blessing, while the favor that the angel had told her about was taking his last breath. John chapter 19, 25 says this. Now there stood by the cross of Jesus, his mother. When Jesus therefore saw his mother and the disciple whom he loved, John the Beloved, standing by, he said to his mother, Woman, behold your son. Then he said to the disciple, Behold your mother. So he was talking to Mary, saying, Your son. Then he said, John, your mother. He was saying, take care of her. He said, behold your mother. And from that hour, the disciple took her to his home. And tonight, Mary lived a life of favor and blessing. But there was a lot of pain. I'm sure there was much more than, I'm sure I probably could have done a little more digging and a little more research and could have brought some more points tonight of the heartache that she faced. But through it all, she stayed close to Jesus. Even at the deepest part of pain in her life, the most troublesome circumstance that she would ever face, watching her baby be crucified, she stayed close to Jesus. And this evening, in this quiet moment, I just have this funny feeling that if we stay close to Jesus... He will get us through our pain. I just have, maybe you can call it a hunch. Maybe, maybe you can call it a spirit of discernment. Or maybe it just might be just a, a carnal spirit of suspicion. That if we stay close to him, he will stay close to us. That's the main point that I wanted to come to you tonight. Not, I, I ask the question a lot. Can God trust you with trouble? The trouble that Mary had to go through. God could trust her with that. Otherwise, he would have chosen another woman. But can God trust you in 2019 to be faithful and stay close to him in the trouble? Not the troubles of life, not the troubles of our own bad decisions, even though we need to stay close to him in those, but in the trials that he brings to us. Can we stay close to him? Why don't you stand with me tonight? Tonight, talked about Job for a minute. I've talked about Mary a lot. Two people who lived through probably more trouble than any of us have combined. We've all gone through some trouble. I mean, we could, if, if we want to fire up the pity party, we can have a pity party tonight. I mean, we can have a competition of who's had the hardest trials in life. I'm not belittling our trials. It's just easy for us to go there. 
but Mary lived a life of blessing and fulfillment in the middle of a lot of hurt and pain. Job lived a life of blessing. He lived a life of trouble. And after he lost it all, he was doubly restored. God said, I'll give you double of everything that you lost. But perhaps in our trouble, we're probably more like Job. We have a good pity party and we put on some sackcloth and ashes. Perhaps the greatest thing Job did in his trouble, Job chapter 1, verse 22, in all his trouble, he did not sin nor charge God with wrong. What are you facing tonight? What are you facing that you can blame God on? What are you facing that you can get bitter with tonight? I feel the Holy Ghost sweeping in this room right now, amen. I believe that in this moment, we're about to enter into a different dimension. We're moving beyond a lesson, and we're going to move into a season of healing in our hearts. What are you carrying tonight that you can get bitter over? What are you carrying over tonight that you can blame God of? What are you carrying tonight that you can just get bitter and get mad at the church or get mad at your neighbor or get mad at your spouse or, or take it out? on a co-worker what are you carrying tonight that, that can cause these pains in your life and I just want to challenge you tonight to be like Mary and stay close to Jesus I, I want to challenge you tonight and have the spirit of Job and say no matter what comes my way blessed be the name of the Lord no matter what I face no matter what the trouble is I'm going to be faithful to God in my life can you just lift your hands in this moment that's it can't can you just begin to thank God for being faithful? Can you thank him for being perfect in all of his ways? Come on. Come on. I know it's a Wednesday and I've just been teaching, but now can you just push yourself? Can you step outside? Can you step outside the norm of what you would normally do tonight? And can you say, God, I trust you. Lord, and I want you to know that you can trust me. That's it. That's it. That's it. That's it. The Holy Ghost is working here. That's it. That's it. Push just a little bit tonight in the spirit. In the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus. Oh God, oh God, oh God. Whatever you do in me, God, whatever trials you allow to come my way, God, I want you to know that I'm going to be faithful. I want you to know that I will not be moved. I'm committed to living for you. I'm committed to serving you, Jesus. God, renewing me a right spirit, God. Renewing me a clean heart tonight, Jesus. Amen. I feel the Holy Ghost here tonight. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Mary stayed close for obvious reasons. She could see him. She could see him. Job stayed close when he couldn't see him. And I wonder tonight, who's in the room tonight that you feel alone? You feel lonely? You feel like uh, that you can't see your hand in front of your face, much less the hand of God and the provision of God. Uh, let me tell you tonight uh, that you are not alone. Uh, you might be in the dark, but God is in the dark with you. You might be alone from a lot of other people. Uh, and I'm, I, I, I'm not here to argue that. I'm not here to say that you're not alone because you might be alone. Uh, but let me tell you who is with you in your season of loneliness. Uh, God is with you. Uh, you might not conceive, uh, but you can call on him. Uh, you might not 
and feeling, but you can still trust him tonight. Uh, come on, uh, let's just lift our hands one more time in closing uh, and say, God, uh, Lord, uh, I'm committed to you even when I don't see you. I'm committed to you even when I don't feel you, Jesus. Uh, that's it. That's it for just a moment. Uh, for just a moment, why don't you thank you for being faithful. Uh, Lord, I thank you that you're a friend that sticketh closer than a brother. Uh, Lord, I thank you that you're as close as the very mention of your name. Uh, I'm thankful, Lord, that when I call your name, when I say the name of Jesus, for at the name of Jesus, demons have to tremble. Lord, at the mention of your name, my circumstance can change. Lord, I trust you tonight. I trust you tonight in this season of loneliness. Lord, I find hope in you this holiday season. It's in Jesus' name. Come on, can you put your hands together and thank God for his word tonight? Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Good lesson tonight. If the ushers could come and help us while they're coming, let me remind you that this coming weekend on, this, on Sunday night, the children.